what's up hello this is admin cubana coming back at you with another episode of the unladylike lounge podcast and today we are covering a very very hard-hitting topic coming from the local Cooley region here in the tri-state area i am joined by jesse jesse how are you today i'm okay Right. I'm okay. I and I want to thank you first and foremost for joining us and for sharing this this story that I, I I hate that we have to be covering this, but I am so thankful that you are willing to to share this with our audience. Um, why don't Why don't we just kind of start with with what your story is and 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 what happened. So on February 10th, um, I got a phone call from the principal of the school. Um, my daughter's in second grade. Um, he said uh, that my daughter was attacked at school and I asked what he meant by attacked and he said that she was dragged into the boys bathroom by another student. Um, I said, I am on my way right now. Um, I need to talk to my daughter. I need to make sure that she's okay. Absolutely. So I got to the school um, within 10 minutes. Um, Erilyn was in fairly good spirits. She was a little shooken up. Um, her ribs were sore. Mm -hmm. We didn't know all the, the details at that point, um, but my main concern was making sure my daughter was okay. So I yes. sat with her for a few minutes, checked with her. You know, um, she talked with her teacher. Erilyn decided she wanted to stay at school that day, which I wanted to take her home and just snuggle her and oh, like keep her like absolutely with me the whole entire time. Um, but uh, so she did go back to class. Um, we went and talked to the principal, um, who told us that the school resource officer is involved and that human services is involved as well. And I was like, oh my goodness, yeah, clearly something more happened than just an attack. So what's going on here? Right. And um, it was on video, um, so he showed me the video. Uh, my daughter was coming out of the girls' bathroom. There was another student in the hallway. Um, she put her arms up in defense, um, almost like she was scared and tried to walk around the boy. Um, he tackled her in the hallway. She ran into the girls' bathroom. She was able to break free. Um, and she ran into the girl's bathroom thinking that was a safe place. She's a girl. Right. He's a boy. You know, um, he followed her. Oh, He God. tackled her again and um, drug her by her arm into the boy's bathroom, raking oh. her ribs on the cement partition oh. in between the two. Um, she screamed. Uh, she She did everything she could. A teacher heard her, intervened immediately, got her out of there. Um, thankfully, before she was sexually assaulted, and again, that's an assumption on our part, but I can't think of any other reason why any little boy would pull a little girl into the boys' room. Right. Um, so he ended up getting suspended for five days, um, which gave us a little bit of peace of mind during the next few days. Um, but then during them, them five days, the very last day of his suspension, he sexually assaulted a four-year-old in daycare. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. And that, that 
only feeds into this suspicion of what could have happened well, to your daughter. Absolutely. Like, you know, we tried to give the little boy the benefit of the doubt at first. Like, maybe he was rough playing and he mm-hmm. just, you know. Maybe he was just a bully. Maybe, yeah, you just know, bullying just, or something. Yes. And then to find out about this other little girl and their situation, um, there's no doubt in my mind what his intentions were. Oh, my stomach is in knots. This, oh my gosh. How, it, I, I, I'm sorry. I am absolutely speechless. I have goosebumps. This, this is heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. And he was suspended. Suspended. Um, I went in front of the school board twice um, and um, reached out to the superintendent numerous times to try and get on the agenda of the school board meeting so that um, we could get something in place that would get him the help that he needs and keep not just my daughter but really every student in the school safe and four times i was denied my issue is even if it was a a situation of just just bullying your daughter's in second grade now i've i've seen a picture of your daughter she's she's tiny she is she's she's absolutely tiny and being dragged by her arm and into a, a enclosed area what if what if staff had not intervened what if what if nobody was there to hear her what you know what i mean like even if it was a situation of just just pure bullying mm-hmm. you know the, why why are why is this being taken so lightly i that's what i don't understand we are asking ourselves the same question um uh, we have gotten very little information from the school. They are even refusing. Right now, he is the student, um, the offender, we'll call him, is one-on-one with a teacher right now. Twice, the school has told us how much this teacher is costing them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, what has this cost your child? Oh, that's exactly it. Wh- and their solution to my daughter's trauma is... Well, she can stay home on the days that she needs to and we'll send packets home. No, my daughter needs to be in school and she needs to be safe in school. Exactly. And she, this is also costing your family because I'm sure she's, she's going to need help outside of school. She's going, like, this is something that she's not just going to get over. This is not something she's just going to forget. Her personality has like 180 since this event happened. Um, you know, we had this tiny, sweet little girl who would was a people pleaser and wanted to make, you know, and um, now she's showing signs of aggression. She's hitting, she's pinching, mm-hmm. um, she's fighting, she's talking back. You know, she doesn't want to go to school anymore. But I did want to touch base on um, you talking about how tiny my daughter is. She actually has a growth hormone deficiency. Her body does not produce growth hormones, so she has to have artificial growth hormones injected daily. Oh, my God. And so she will always be tiny. She will always be the little one in the room. And I think that is part of the reason why she was picked. Because she was a weaker, smaller, right? You know, she's um, she's an easy target. Easy target, essentially. Correct. Yes. Correct. Oh my goodness! Now, has law enforcement gotten involved in this matter? So at first, 
this was a mess. Um, law enforcement, in the state of Wisconsin, a child under 10 years old is not allowed to be charged with crime. Oh my goodness. So they referred it to social services. Well, I hadn't heard anything for three weeks. So I call human services and I say, I want to talk about my daughter's case from February 10th that happened at the school. Um, they don't have a report. You're kidding me. This is what they tell me. So I'm like, all right, I want to file a report right now. Right. So I filed the report um, with as much information as I had, um, you know, between what I had seen on the video, what I was told by the um, the principal. And um, so the essentially the police department says, we can't do anything. We're referring you over to human service. Okay, I'm sorry. I've got to backtrack here. So I wait two more weeks after I file the report on my daughter that happened at school. And the school did not do this. They said they did, but when I called, I recorded the conversation. Right. She said there was not a report from that day. And let me one one let me just make it clear that in Wisconsin, it is a one-sided it is legal to record on one one party. That, that is perfectly legal. I just want to make that very, very clear for our audience members to know. Yes. yes. Yeah, it is super important to know because um, as this process has been going on and we've been let down so much, I have learned that we need to record everything. Absolutely. So we looked into that law as well, and you are 100% correct. Yes. That is. Um, so two weeks go by. I still have not heard from social services mm-hmm. after I made my report. So I call again. And um, I get a voicemail. They call me back. It's probably an hour later. And um, they basically tell me that because the offender was not in a caregiving role or position, like a babysitter or a teacher, that there was nothing that they could do. Stop it. Yeah. It gets better. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It gets better. So I call the police back because I don't know what to do at this point. Right. They can't press charges and social services is not helping us. What am I supposed to do? So I call the police department back. Um, The other family um, that has the four-year-old victim. Yes. We have become very close. She calls the police department because human services has told her the same thing. Now, her daughter was physically, sexually assaulted. Um, and there was nothing human services could do. So we call the police department back. They are very upset. They couldn't believe me at first that social services even said that to me. Right. Again, I record everything. Yes. I played the recording for them. They were very upset. Um, they thought that they were doing everything right by handing it over to social services and social services was failing us. So then they end up filing this, it's called a GIPS. And in the state of Wisconsin, this is a, for a child that's under 10, um, that is committing crimes. It's a way to kind of like they go through a trial and they get declared like a juvenile delinquent. Okay. So he can't be charged with the sex crime or the assault, but they can at least get him the counseling that he needs. Okay. Okay, so they refile it with social services as a GIPS. 
All right. And then the sheriff um, demanded an uh, appointment with the head of social services in our county to find out why this is happening because it's not okay. Right. So um, we hadn't heard anything for a little while. Again, I was starting to get nervous that we were not going to get anywhere. And we received, hand me that letter, please. We received a letter in the mail that they are finally going to try and declare him a juvenile delinquent. So, he's being declared a juvenile delinquent. Potentially. Potentially. Yep, there'll be a trial. Potentially going to be declared. See, okay, now, hold on. I, hold on. You guys, I I have to take a drink for this. It's lemonade, I promise. It's I, lemonade. Hold on. Girl, you don't have to explain to me. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. My stomach is in a place that we won't talk about, and my heart is in my throat, and I have goosebumps. Where, when I was growing up, I was a juvenile delinquent because I wasn't going to school. Yes, correct. He might be a juvenile delinquent because he's attacking toddlers correct he might be y'all i promised her i was going to not curse on this episode so i'm i just need a minute (sighs) what Mm -hmm. this has been i wish i would have brought my diary um literally every day since february 10th i have called congressmen I have called um, uh, DPI, which is the P- Department of Public Instruction. I have put in a case with them. I have not gotten a call back. I have not called, gotten a call back from the governor's office. I have not gotten a call back from any of the congressmen or senators. Um, Y'all, she said this happened on February 10th. For our, A lot of our listeners are overseas. Like We have a major following internationally in america right now it is april 14th that is over two months ago and nobody has gotten anything done correct these little girls correct Uh, other than um what us as parents are doing the other family um is seeking counseling for their four-year-old daughter um we have reached out to behavioral health. Um, They feel my daughter's trauma is affecting her so much that she needs to be seen once a week. We live in Sparta. Um, The counseling is in La Crosse, so we have to make this trip every week. It's about 30 miles. Um, And I shouldn't say it like we have to make this trip. We are going to make this trip because my daughter needs but she shouldn't have to need that. Exactly. This should have it, never happened. It, it the, the law enforcement has failed your child. The school has failed your child. The government has failed your child. What? And how is it? I'm not even going to go there because I don't know the logistics, but I just want to know how something like this even happens. How does this kind of thing slip through so many cracks? And it's like, okay, so so because he's under the age of 10, he can continue doing this. Correct. He can just continue doing this over and over and over, He and it doesn't matter because he's not 10. And we're, 
we're essentially teaching him, it's okay because you're not 10. Just continue doing this. Correct. As much as you want to, just do it before you're 10. After 10, just, just don't do it anymore. And that's why we are changing the law. Good for you. That is, um, we have a fundraiser coming up in May. Um, our goal is $10,000 to hire the attorney to write the bill to make Erilyn's Law, is what we're calling it. Excellent. Um, Erilyn's Law focuses on reform of the offender as well as the counseling for the victims. Excellent. So what we're asking for, um, I'm going to pull up my notes just so that I get it 100% correct. Oh, for sure, for sure. So Erilyn's Law, what we are asking is that the assault offender, um, an immediate police report is done. Even yes. if they are under the age of 10 and we can't press charges, an immediate police report needs to be done yes. um, in case the victims need it the victim's family need that for anything right um cps alerted um those two things were done um next we're asking for a suspension of undetermined time or a expulsion per se yes um for the child to get mandatory counseling in the state of wisconsin you are required to carry insurance on your children and yourself so that mandatory counseling would be paid for by the parents Yes. You know, whether insurance or whatnot. Yep. Um, return to school for the offender would be contingent um, on reform from a certified behavioral health service. Yes. So it would have to be somebody that says, yes, I've met with this child numerous, numerous times. Um, they now understand wrong from right. They under, you know, I feel that they are, are safe to come back to school. Yes. And then if the parent actually refuses the counseling um, for the offender's child, they should be held responsible for the offender's crime. Absolutely. Um, and then return to school would not be like, okay, welcome back to school, go back to your classroom. It would be a slow process, um, like a three-week reintegration process, the first mm -hmm. week being one-on-one, -on -one, the second one being one-on-one and. -on -one -on um, you know, partial days in the classroom with that one-on-one, -on -one, and then the third week, you know, pulling back even a little bit mm -hmm. further, and then the child being back to a normal classroom setting. Well, and that makes perfect sense because we, if you think about it, if, if the, the child were a grown adult who had committed the same offense, they would have a reintegration into society as a registered sex offender. Correct. You know what I mean? They would they would be in a halfway house. They would they would be a slow reintegration back into society, back into you know what I mean? So that that makes perfect sense. I don't understand why that's not already implemented for it makes perfect sense to me. I agree. And I have to also state that one thing I did not state is that um, this law doesn't mean that the, the offense had to happen at school. Okay. If the child committed an offense outside of school mm -hmm. and the police report was done and CPS is alerted, the same process needs to be held yes. for the school because the child clearly needs intervention yes. to keep everybody else safe. Yes. So I'm not just looking at crimes that happen in school. Um, I'm looking at crimes that happen outside of school that could potentially affect other students. Absolutely. And I love the fact that it, it requires a police report, even if you can't press charges, because 
that's something that I mean say once they're 10 11 12 if they're doing these things then they can look back and be like wow they have a history of repeated behaviors this is something we really need to look at we need to get them help because you know once they're in the system they're just in the system where looking at just jail time no we need to look at okay is there a mental health problem is there like what is, is this? there some sort of abuse at the home is there Thank you know you. yeah because the if it's happening when they're young like this and i'm not I'm not insinuating that this is the, the case for this child, but it is a known fact that when there is an issue with young children having certain behaviors, there's something going on either mentally or something happening to them because they, when they're that young, they don't just have these raging hormones like they're 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 young kids they are nine years old exactly yes exactly there's so much more that needs to be looked at than just oh boys will be boys and that's how this very much feels Mm. that everything Mm. is boys will be boys or you know um kids kids experiment and i'm sorry that kids do not experiment and kids Definitely don't experiment on my kid. No. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. And won't. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. Um, Did so. Obviously, we're not going to go into identifying. You know. um, But did did you or your family, your daughter, know her attacker prior to this incident? So they weren't in the same classroom, but they did have the same lunch and the same recess together. Um, I was not aware of it until this situation happened, and I was talking to my daughter that day in school when I said I was coming there to talk to her, um, that he had actually attempted to drag her off of other places two or three times in the past. My daughter is a people pleaser. My daughter didn't understand the situation then. She still doesn't understand the situation now. We have shielded her from um, what his intentions were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we found out that this had actually, he had actually tried to drag her off two other times. Oh my gosh. Do you feel, obviously, you know, it's it's fallen through the cracks w- with so many different you know, so many different agencies, but do you feel that there is any hope for safety for children, whether legally or within schools? I mean, whether it's just her school, other schools, do you, do you feel that there's any, any form of safety? This, um, this whole situation has taught me that the every child in any district in the state of Wisconsin is not safe. That is so. That's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Because it's like you know what, what is the alternative? You know, you're we, you know, kids need socialization. They need to be. They need their education. It's like what do I do? I have to, you know, my kid has to go to school, but she's not safe. She's not safe, she's not you safe. know. Um, one of the, re, uh, we had talked about homeschooling for the rest of the year. That feels like a punishment to my daughter. She is a very social child. 
Um, she has friends. She loves her friends. So homeschooling wasn't really an option for us. So then we talked about trying to get her into um, the Montessori school in our town mm-hmm. because that's a whole separate school, and she would be away from that child. Right. Um, unfortunately, they were full. Um, we couldn't get her in this year. We do have her signed up for next year. She's already been accepted. Thank goodness. So that's great news. Um, I had a point, and I lost it for a second there, so we'll move on, but when it comes back to me, I'll... Absolutely. If you could give parents, um, teachers, school staff, any kind of advice, what would it be? Gosh, there's so much. Um, Teach your kids right and wrong touches. You know, my daughter didn't understand that this wasn't play. My daughter, you know, he had attempted to drag her three times. Teachers, be vigilant in changes in behaviors in not just potential victims, but offenders too, children that could potentially offend. Um, I know that there can't be 24-7 supervision on these children, but man so many so this could have been prevented in so many ways yeah so many ways three times three times be mindful be watchful especially you know the way you described her daughter and how she's she's the little kid on the block like be mindful of those those easy targets yeah be mindful my daughter was the easy target and the four-year-old was the easy target, you know? And that's what I'm so confused about. Like, obviously, you know, you in a daycare setting, it's like you have other kids, but wh- why would you have... I, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Let me, let me stop. But mm. I just... Let me stop. Um, what has been the hardest part about this whole situation for your daughter and your family? Our whole family dynamic has changed... Um, my daughter has become, I don't really want to say violent at home, but aggressive. Mm. Um, you know, we went from this sweet little girl who had this thirst for learning everything and wanting to know how everything worked to, you know, not being able to regulate her emotions, flying out of control, you know, hitting, um, you know, and then of course the next biggest thing is we feel guilty as parents and the reason that we feel guilty is a reason that every person who has a child in school could potentially feel we feel guilty that we sent our daughter to school and this happened and that's that's understandable of course you know there was nothing you could do you couldn't you know you you had no way of knowing that that was gonna happen but that that guilt of being like i wasn't there Mm -hmm. to you know protect her in it's it's understandable but at the same you know what i you know what i mean yeah like it's it's like dang school is supposed to be a safe place it's supposed to be safe you're supposed to be able to trust that when your child is there she is safe she is protected and she wasn't and that is so scary and especially in it's it's like you hear about things happening but it's like 
it's not gonna it doesn't happen in our small town it doesn't happen here especially at her age that was my almost 100 percent to a t first thought like no there's got to be some sort of mistake right you know now my daughter um wears a rape alarm anytime she's alone in the hall if she has to go to the bathroom if she has to get a drink of water if she has to go see the nurse she wears a rape alarm um, that she can pull that will make a loud screaming noise. Um, we got her a smartwatch that, you know, made for children. Um, she can call 911. She can call me. Um, the school kind of got upset about that at first because they have a no cell phone rule at, at school. Um, I threw a fit right back. Yes. Um, my daughter is going to wear the watch. Absolutely. You guys failed to protect her. So, you are continuing to fail to protect her. Yes. You are not taking away the only thing that I have to make sure that my daughter is safe. Exactly. If they would have done their job to make sure that she was safe, it wouldn't be necessary. And then failing to file a report with CP... <sighs> I need another drink, you guys. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, you guys, when I um, don't know what to say or... I just am overwhelmed I giggle same so it's, just so you know I am not laughing because this is funny because no, it is not. It's not I I'm a laugh to keep from crying person yes. or when I'm what I'm a laugh when I'm angry person mm -hmm. it's <laughs> let me this is my way of regulating myself yes yes absolutely um what can we what can we get from you as far as parting words and any um, details on fundraisers? I know that there was a GoFundMe on Facebook. You guys can find that on um, my Facebook page. And if you're willing to have me drop your links in the... Um, you guys always know that I always forget what it's called, but like the description box below the podcast, I will drop any and all information for Jesse in the description box below. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a petition going. Our goal is 10,000 signatures on the position, uh, petition okay. to present to legislation. And that's just going to show them that this isn't just a loudmouth mom who's upset about her kid. It's going to show that this is a legit problem and 10,000 people are concerned about it. Yes. Um, we're almost to 5,000. Mm. So, um, and we started that in March. So in a month, we've gotten gathered 5,000 signatures. We do have a GoFundMe going. Um, we're going to have a local fundraiser in our um, hometown. But um, definitely okay with them links being put up. Perfect. So you guys check the description box on ladies. Join together. Let's get this ish done. Let's join together for Erilyn. Let's get it done. All right, you guys. As you know, I want to thank you ladies, gents, unladies alike. And as always... I love you fiercely. All right, it's doing this stuff again, you guys. Ah.